Welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and as with the last episode of the podcast, I'm going to be turning the show over to a special guest host. Why? Because we are in the middle of the final rounds of uh, Recast and Wax, the special reality show. I hosted the first episode, Lynn Nelson hosted the second episode, and I'm going to turn over this episode to Mr. Patsy Kennedy. Hello, my name is Patsy Kennedy, and don't believe it, this is Recast and Wax part of the show where we are doing this thing about recasting the wax. So, Patsy Kennedy is here to be the host of this section of the show because, well, it's, I think I'm pretty good at it, and uh, Jordan asked me to do it, so I said I would do it, and that's what I'm doing. Thank you for listening to Cast and Wax, and thank you for listening to Don't Believe It, because I'm sure you do. Not believe it, I mean, I'm sure you do listen to Don't Believe It. Anyway, let's uh, get to our uh, people that we bring in to uh, be on the show today. Uh, the first uh, contestant here is uh, Mr. Scape White. Hello, Scape. Hello, Patsy. It's good to be a person that is talking to you. You're very welcome for it. Uh, all right, so tell us a little bit about how this is competition has been going for you. What do you think about it? I think it's pretty good. I think I'm obviously going to win, though. Oh, is it obvious? Yeah, yeah, because, well, do you remember when I did my show, uh, Escape Debate? Well, I mean, I wasn't here for it, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah, well, I, it was the best one, so. But you haven't even heard the last one, so you can't really say that. I could, I could, because I basically, do you know, <laughs> imagine if there was, like, like a system where something is rated 1 to 10. All right, yeah, I can imagine that. Right, well, mine, it goes 10, okay, it's already at 10, so nothing could get better than that. Oh, you're like, you, you pinned the meter, is what you're saying. Well, I don't know about what that means, but I did get a 10 out of 10, I think. All right, so, so, but what if, uh, what if, uh, this new show is another 10 out of 10? That's not a thing that would ever happen, I don't think, because it's a, you know, stupid old Roy Sinton show, so. Yeah, to be fair, uh, Roy Sinton shows are very rarely that good. So, let's go on to the next contestant, uh, Mr. Frank Allen. Mr. Frank Allen, hello. Hello, Patsy. Thank you for having me uh, back. I mean, you didn't really have a choice, but thank you for being here, I guess. Well, I could have. I could have said, uh, let's not bring Frank on. What do you say? Yeah, but Jordan would have said you have to bring Frank on. He's one of the competitors. Well, that's possibly true, but what if I said I will not do the show if Frank's on the show? I doubt he would have asked you to do the show if he knew that I'm. That's not. Uh, listen, there's, he's not going to have you on the show and get rid of one of the people who he's trying to have on. I mean, that's the whole point of the show. Don't believe it. But the the fact is, I think um, I, I I'm fine with having you on the show. You're a friend of mine, kind of. Right. So. Okay, what, what what are we talking about? I don't know. Look, how is the competition going for you so far on this recasting wax competition? Well, um, it's going all right. I I, I played uh, my show Frank Advice last episode, and it was uh, pretty amazing. I think a lot of people got some good advice out of it, and a lot of people got some uh, intelligent, uh, you know, advice. It's the same thing, advice. All right, well, that's good. So uh, you think you're going to win? Yeah. Definitely. Again, I'm the only professional show host out of the three of us, so I know how to do a show in a way that they all do not know how to do a show. All right, all right. Well, then you and I have that in common because I do a show as well as you know on KSAC Radio. 
KSAC in uh, Roswell, New Mexico, called Don't Believe It. And um, please, you should listen to it every uh, every night, at late at night. Okay. So where were we? Oh, we were bringing in our third contestant. He is the one whose shows you have not heard yet, whose entry into Recast and Wax, I should say, you have not heard. Uh, he's going to be playing it for us today, but his name is Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, Patsy, yes. So, Rory Sinjin, uh, what do you think about... Uh, they both think that their shows are better than your show, and they haven't even heard your show yet. Yes, well, again, as the only one who's heard my show, and now the only one who's heard all three shows, I can say with confidence my show is the better of the three shows, and, um, you know, leave it at that. All right, all right. Well, uh, I mean, of course you believe it, but should everybody else believe it? You know what I would say, typically. Uh, I think uh, they should don't believe it. Well, that's not fair. I mean, why? My show really is quite well, good. Yes, but whether or not it's good... It they shouldn't believe it for themselves. They should listen to the show and then make a decision. Oh, right, yes. Of course. Uh, you will listen to it today and you will all understand that it is the best one. So you need not, you know, just take my word for it. Um, but please feel free to fill out your entry forms early and um, not change them after you have Well, uh, yeah, but don't believe it. Look, just you can hear it for yourself very soon. It's not going to be the first thing you hear tonight, but it is going to be one of the things that you hear tonight. So uh, let me... Uh Let's see what we got here. Uh, I think we've got a uh, one of them uh, audio letters uh, that Jordan sometimes will get. Here is one. Uh, it's got an introduction to it. I think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's. Uh, well, let me read the uh, letter first. Uh, please, Jordan D. White. This is me, Katie, again. Can you please come to Georgia? I really want to see you, and I'll show you my heart blanket. Uh, or if you can't come, send us a message. But I can't wait to see you, and I like you. Happy birthday! Come on, blow out the candles before the wax drips down and ruins the cake. Love, Katie, and Steve. All right, well, so this is a, uh, you know, message. But that's not an audio me- No, there's a- me- Oh, there's an audio message attached. All right, so what should we- Oh, should I just read the- Okay, yeah, I'll read this. Steve's message. Hi, Jordan. Attached is the audio message my daughter recorded for you last weekend, wherein she introduces her son, Mr. Wolf. But it says son in quotes, so I don't think it's her son. Uh, he is a stuffed dog. All oh, right, there you go, so don't believe it. She has had nearly her entire life and has become part of the family. He even has his own Twitter account, although he hasn't been very active on Twitter lately. She had a few other people in her original 15-minute long recording, including Jack, her fake brother from the future, but I had to edit it for time, so he lost some content along the way. Anyway, I hope this works for you. Looking forward to the next installment. As always, Steve. Uh, don't believe it, Steve. I don't believe that, uh, that's really her son, then, if it's a stuffed dog. Yeah, no, I think he knows that. Look, I think you're supposed to just play the audio message. Oh, is that right? All right. Uh, here's the audio message. Hi, it's me. Remember that message that said, I'm Katie? Well, I'm Katie. That's me. And... Remember when I asked what is your birthday? And remember when I said that October is my birthday? And I like the happy birthday song. Thank you for her playing the song for me. He on the birthday one with and we were talking about the birthday and the birthday song. I have a lovely heart blanket. Someday we might see you or no, but if we go and see you someday, hey, I might bring my heart blanket so you can see it's really beautiful. I like it. And my dad, um, he's practicing on songs with his ukulele. He has a ukulele. I really hope he'll come to you someday. And would you like to talk to someone else? Okay, well, I don't really know because your voice isn't right there, but you're going to talk, talk to someone. And I want, I want you to talk to... Well, person, well, it's not right person, it's fake, but it's actually me talking, but it's fake, but, but wait a second, I'll get the person. Hi, 
everyone, my name's Mr. Wolf, and I'm fake. I'm not really talking. Katie, he's talking. But I'm Mr. Wolf. Hi. Nice to meet you, Jordan. Horny White. Katie told, told me, remember on the message where Hersey said that she likes the happy birthday song that had you mean? Well, that's... Well, she really likes it. And she and remember on the tweet he when she likes your her cat's voice. It's really funny. Okay, Mr. Wolf. Well Jordan you like Mr. Wolf's my high son. I have three daughters and I don't remember how much sons I have. You might think that Row don't go go no Row don't go I really like that song because I like the cat and I like the song. Thank you for the show, and I hope you have a great week. All right, uh, Katie, don't believe it. I mean, well, believe that you said all those things, I guess, because you did, but don't believe that I don't even know where to go with this, but don't believe it, whatever it is that I should have thought of right there. The point is, thank you for writing in. i sure Jordan uh, appreciates it, and I'm sure Escape appreciates you saying that he that he talks funny. Well, no, wait, I don't think I talk funny. No. Well, I don't know. She says uh, the cat has a funny voice. Yeah, but I don't have a funny voice. I have a good voice. I'm a good singer. That's why she likes my song, too, because I'm a good singer. Oh, yes. By the way, thank you very much for your kind words about Rilla do 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 It was very nice of you to say, and of course, as the uh, the creator of Rilla do 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 or perhaps I should say the discoverer of Rilla do 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 I do appreciate no, your what? kind words. No, Rory, I created Rilla do 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 No, you did not. Yes, I did. I wrote that song. It's a song. That's me. I did that song. Well, yes, of course. But the idea and the character and his name all come from my this day in history and where are they now in history? Well, really, where are they now in history? When I, you know, told everyone about this giant monster who ran all over Japan and his name was and in fact, your song just retells the story that I told in my where are they now in history. Well, yeah, but that's because it was a good story, so I write it. So I stole it. Well, yes, you did steal it, and I never got money for it, by the way. I don't make money! Yes, oh, fine, but if you did... I don't! All right, well, whatever. The point is, thank you very much, Katie. I liked the part when she had her uh, her son. Imagine uh, how silly that is, that she has a, a fake son who is uh, uh, an animal, and then she talks for him. That's really funny. I don't think that's all that funny. I do. I think it's <laughs> pretty humorous. Also, he's a dog, so... Oh! Dogs! How could you tell he's a dog? I'm pretty sure she said he was a dog, but also his name is Mr. Wolf. Well, if I knew he was a dog, I would have stopped listening a long time ago, because I do not like dogs. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome, but I, I we were trying to be nice. She's a fan of the show, I guess, so... Well, I'm... Thank you for being a fan of the show. Maybe, maybe. Hey, that's not really nice of you. Yeah, don't believe it. That's not a nice thing to say. When you, you talk to your fans, you're supposed to be very generous and, you know, caring and giving and stuff like that. Well, I don't care, so... Do you not realize that she's one of the people who gets to vote on this next show? So she might be like, well, I was going to vote for Scape Debate, but now I'm not going to vote for him because he's, you know, a jerk. Don't believe it. Well, don't... Yeah, don't believe it. I'm not a jerk. I just don't... I don't want to talk to a dog. You're in, Think of that. All right, all right. That's your that's your risk, I guess. Um, let's get right into the shows. Uh, for the last two shows, you did these weird uh, Slam Jackson shows that were not really part of the Slam Jackson universe. They were alternate reality Slam Jacksons. But I believe that now we are back to regular old Slam Jackson, by which I mean, you know, the lovable everybody loves him regular Slam Jackson. So this is going to be the start of season three 
of Slam Jackson Adventurist, back in the regular Slam Jackson verse, if you will, uh, you know, if you think that those last two episodes happened, don't believe it because they do not exist. He's still not this guy from the thing with the boomerang. That didn't happen. Don't believe that. Okay? This is a different thing. All right, yes. All right. So the point is, um, yeah, we're going to listen to uh, Slam Jackson Adventurist. Slam Jackson. Adventurist! By Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, and Charles Berman. Season 3, Episode 1, The Infection Intrusion. Our story opens, violent listeners, with Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist. Oh, come on. Watching the building that has so loyally housed his office for the past five years burn ignominiously to the ground. Jesus. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, would you mind no longer obstructing the way I, I would like to get through so I can attempt to extinguish this electrical fire? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Twice in one night? This is the first time I'm putting it out, sir. You have got to be f***ing kidding me. Where's Arson Nick? This is Arson Nick, isn't it? Huh? No, he's across town burning down some other house. We are acutely aware, Fireman Stu. Hey, how'd you know my name? How indeed! And as Fireman Stu heads towards the fire so he can get back home to his life partner Kyle and their adopted daughter Jenny, Slam and I leave! Where to now, good buddy? Huh? Jesus, I don't know. I... there isn't anywhere to go. Everything I... Oh my god, everything I own has just been burned to the ground. And everything you rented! This is not helping. Funny how transient worldly goods are, isn't it, good buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, listen, listen. There's a hotel down the street. Why don't we stay there for the night? I know, good idea. As our lachrymose lieutenant of leadership sashays gaily, or rather like a sad homosexual... Wow, nothing? Over to the front desk. Everything proceeds quite normally, like a person renting a hotel room. Good evening, sir. Welcome to the Scrimple Lodge. What can I do for you today? A room? That's what we do best. What? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll just need to pay then, Mr... Slam Jackson! Just a moment, Miss Jackson. I'm helping this gentleman. And with the timing of an insult comic who moonlights as a pallbearer, Slam Jackson's newest arch-nemesis, Steph Dukakis, makes herself known from the far side of the lobby. At last, I... How do you know my name? I know your brother Stu, the fireman. Oh, where was I? Oh, yes. Er, I... At last, I found you, Slam Jackson. I... At last, indeed! With her uncanny ability to give anyone who crosses her easily slight itself a pretty darn unpleasant sore throat, Steph Dukakis is feared throughout wherever people know who she is! Yeah, that's true. Look, I... I can't deal with this right now. Can you just do whatever you were going to do and leave? 
Do you take discover? A look of annoyance crosses Steph Dukakis's face as if what Slam has just said has annoyed her. Is she preparing to avenge herself for that time Slam Jackson asked her to stop coughing during a performance of Deflatermoss? Deflatermouse. God, whatever, so boring. Perhaps she is going to force feed him gravel. Will you shut up? Oh no, I have a sore throat already. Cough, cough. Can I have my key? He'll be fine, ma'am. I'll take him from here. Don't charge his card. Come on, Slam. I've got a spare bedroom. Huh? You're... you're helping me? Yeah. Come on. But I shushed you during Strauss. I heard that your house burned down. Yeah. Well, that's horrible. It's really not as big a deal as shushing me during the opera. I mean, those tickets did cost $70, but that's a lot less than a house costs. Wow. Thanks. Listen, you've had a rough night. Come get a night's sleep and you can start apartment hunting in the morning. Thanks, Steph. I don't know what we'd do without you. What you do without me, sir, is none of my business. But wait! Good buddy! Slam! I lived there too! And as our jaded Judas of Justice drives away from me in an infectious villain's automobile, I follow afterwards on foot, ready to chronicle dutifully the next adventure of Slam Jackson! Oh, come on! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Hunrad, Stu Dukakis was Pete Bowers, Conchiagina was Shell Casey, and Steph Dukakis was Wendy Casey. Don't believe it, don't believe it, those people are just pretending to be those people, but this, this is a show where people are really being who they really are, and I'm really being Patsy Kennedy, don't believe it, not that it's not true, I mean, it is my name that I perform under anyway, so the point, look, just don't believe it is the name of the show that Patsy Kennedy does, look it up. It's me, Patsy Kennedy. Okay, got more people. Cast in Wax, recast in Wax, special. We got Rory Singen, we got Scape White, and we got Frank Allen. How you guys doing? Yes, Very good. All right, all right. So, why don't we read some more of the mail? Uh, we got a whole bunch of these uh, letter things. Uh, let's see. Uh, Frank, we got a letter for you. Uh, I think it has to do with a thing that uh, happened on the last episode, from what I understand. All right, what, what do you want me to, you want me to read it? No, I want Rory to read it, so you can respond to it. All right, uh, that sounds fine. Rory? Yes, of course. Uh, dear Frank, I have been fulfilling your commands to try and make you famous, O Lord Frank, as Jesus Christ commanded me. I have begun by buying spray paint, and spray painting, Frank Allen is Lord, know his name, make him famous, on public buildings, all over town. I didn't really know any other ways to do it. What do you suggest? Adso Schroeder. Uh, oh, good. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, now, of course, I can't actually advocate uh, defacing public buildings, but those are those are pretty clever ideas. Uh, so I didn't do those things. I want to just make it clear to everyone. I didn't do that, uh, and I don't advocate it. But uh, cool. And uh, what else? What else can you do? I don't know. Uh, you know, try to try to let people in positions of power know about me. You know, try to find find people who can you know give me a job that makes me more famous, and make sure that they know who I am and that they know why they should hire me and get me to be famous. That seems like the best way to do it. As as interesting as spray painting can can be, I cannot advocate that legally speaking. So that sounds like a pretty fun idea. What do you guys think? Well, I don't. No, I don't think you should be famous at all. No, probably not. I think I should be famous for singing. <sighs> well, okay. Okay. This guy, he wants me to be famous. So. Well, that's that's an interesting point. Don't believe it, but it's an interesting point. But we do.
do have uh, now more stuff. I believe we have uh, where are they now in history? Is that correct? Yes, of course, and th- and this day in history as well for today, um, Monday, August twentieth. All right, let's hear what it is. Oh, uh, yeah, Jordan, I'm sorry. Did I did I uh, make a mistake? Oh, oh yes, right. Okay, uh, Rory. Uh, from what I understand, you did an. Uh, where are they now in history? Is that right? Yes, uh, as I said, I did. Yes. Uh, right. Well, Jordan told me that he thinks that that's not fair. I'm sorry. Well, because uh, you get to do that every show, and this episode you have your new show playing, and uh, the episode where F- where Scape had his new show playing, he didn't get to do another thing, and Frank didn't get to do another thing when he did his show. So you shouldn't get to do another thing on the episode where you do your show. So we actually have a special episode of Where Are They Now in History. History that uh, was done jointly by Mr. Uh, Skate White and uh, Frank Allen to, just to make up for the fact that you did an episode on the shows where they did their shows. You see what I'm saying? Well, I understand, but I don't think that's Don't quite... believe it. Okay, so here we go. This day in history. Hello, this is WHRW Binghamton with This Day in History. My name is Roy Sinjin. On August 20th, 1989, Lyle and Eric Menendez shoot their parents, Jose and Kitty, to death in the den of the family's Beverly Hills, California home. They then drove up to Mulholland Drive where they dumped their shotguns before continuing to a local movie theater to buy tickets as an alibi. Hey, look over there. It's our parents. We just found them sitting there. I, I guess they belong to us now. I didn't think slavery still applied, but... If they're just there, I guess we own them. We can do what we like with them, right? Oh, how convenient for us, brother! But I don't really want them anymore. Let's kill them. Oh. Bang! Oh. Bang! Oh, goodness. Um, John, dear, I, I think I've been shot. I can't help but notice that you're right, dear. Hmm, more's the pity. I, I believe I'm about to die. Hmm. It, it's been nice. S- you too. Death. That was fun. Let's go see a movie. Okay. Wait a minute. If we just find the movie, we own all copyrights on it. We're millionaires. Huzzah! Oh, hey, free shotgun. No, 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 no. All of these people were wrong. In fact, just because you find something lying about and you don't know who it belongs to does not automatically mean it's up for grabs. Regardless of whether you're talking about parents, shotguns, movies, cheeseburgers, anything like that, you should find out who it belongs to, not just take it assuming it's yours. Thank you very much, and this is This Day in History on WHIW Binghamton. But wait, uh... A minute. My name is Frank Allen. And I'm Skype White. And this is Where Are They Now in History. I'm Casting Routes. And, you know, in a sense, we sort of just found this this day in history sitting there. Now we get to take Where Are They Now in History for ourselves. Which I know is the opposite of the lesson you're supposed to take from that episode of This Day in History. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, you're supposed to you're supposed to learn from that, that if, if something belongs to someone, uh, or rather, if you find something, it probably belongs to someone and you shouldn't just take it. But that's how you get folks. No, that's not. When you find something laying around, let's say you were walking down the street one day and you found a, a, a cheeseburger sitting there. On the street? Yeah, okay, that's probably not a good example. Let's say you were walking down the street and you found a couch. No, somebody probably threw it away then. Okay, what if you were walking down the street, okay? Do, 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 do. That's the song you were singing. All right. And you found, like, a little, like, a little mouse. Okay, do you mean a living mouse or like a mouse toy? Like a mouse toy. Like, it smells like catnip. You're like, Oh, hey, that smells pretty good. That's like catnip. Okay, yeah. Could, you could just rub yourself on No, it. that's what you shouldn't do. You should probably smell if somebody else rubbed themselves on it. They did. Okay, then it belongs to them. So, but then you rub yourself, and then you, your smell is on top. That means it's more dominant, I think. No, no. There's not a, humans don't do a lot of this smell stuff. If you find something that doesn't belong to you, you should find out who it belongs to. You can return it to the police. The police want catnip? Well, no, but let's say it was a wallet with money in it. I don't even think I would stop. No, look, if you find someone's wallet, if you find something that doesn't belong to you, take it to the lost and found, take it to the police, ask around, hey, does anybody, does anybody drop this? Because I'm going to eat it. The wallet? No, if it's food, I would probably eat it. Okay, uh, look, 
joke. If we find something that doesn't belong to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't steal. Wait, 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 wait. My name's Frank Allen. I'm Scapey White. And this is Where Are We Now in History? I'm Casting Wax. Thank you very much, uh, Scape and Frank Allen. That is very good of you to do that. Oh, yes, if you want to make a mockery of everything I believe in, sure. Well, I think in many ways, uh, yeah. I mean, isn't that the idea behind Recasting Wax in many ways? I'm sorry? Well, it's all about uh, somebody uh, doing uh, the thing that the other people do, and, you know, maybe they do it the way uh, they want to, or maybe they do it different, and maybe it's sort of a funny version, so... Well, I don't think any of us has done a funny version. I did serious advice in my frank advice. Yes, but of course I don't do advice. Right, so that makes it even more better. Well, I did a very serious debate. Well... I mean, it was a very, I mean, that was a funny debate, I will say. No, it wasn't funny. Why everybody think I'm funny ten times? I'm not funny. Zero funny. Don't believe it. Okay. So, that's it. Where are they now in history? And we, we're having a good time by uh, enjoying all of this stuff. But we've got some uh, other questions, I think, and other emails to get to. Uh, so, let's do one of these other emails. Um, Rory, speaking of uh, making a mockery of everything you do. Oh, wonderful. We got this uh, letter for you. Uh, Frank, why don't you read that? Uh, it'll be my pleasure. Dear Rory, I was devastated to hear of your revocation of my scholarship and your suggestion that I should have to use the multiple salaries I get from my multiple foreign government extra-historical positions that I hold to pay for this education, rather than being remunerated for my obvious academic excellence. Fear not, however, I will be attended the Institute on my own dime, you cheapskate, and I have found a way to enable me to continue my duties at the same time. I have persuaded my foreign employers to accept my coursework as official state extra history. Plus, I will be bringing many of my followers to the Institute as well. That way, they will get the best of extra history as they learn from both me and you at the same time. Where should I send the check with your dirty money? See Jean-Baptiste Saint-Seraph. Uh, well, um, hmm. That's, I mean, I, I say that's... That's very sporting of you. Um, yes, this, you can send the check, you know, here to me here to the institute, of course, just directly to the institute to accounts payable, you know. Um, and of course, have all your students do the same. That'll be wonderful. Um, I, I, I'm I'm only too happy to have many many students pay me lots of money. So yes, that sounds terrific. Right, but worry, he, he's going to be using the things you assign him at your school to get money from people elsewhere. Well, that's I mean that's fine as long as he's going to be giving the money to me. That's 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 quite all right. Well, I think he's going to be keeping the money. No, no, I mean I mean as long as he's paying me the tuition. The tuition is you know quite high, and so he'll be paying me tuition and all of his followers will be paying me tuition i mean that's a lot of tuition that's why you get into the the school business to get the tuition money you know that sweet sweet tuition lucre if you will so thank you for that and uh jean baptiste i i you know i i was getting a bit down on you for a while there but you know bringing a bunch of money into my life that that's something that endears people to me in a, in a, in a very real way so i i look forward to seeing you that sounds splendid. Don't believe it. I think that Jean-Baptiste, I think you can, uh, don't believe it, that he really wants to see you. I think he mostly wants to see your money. Well, yes, but, you know, the people who bring money with them are the best kind of people. All right, if that's what you think. Of course, of course, that's what I think. Look, Patsy, you need to be funded by the radio station that lets you broadcast your program. And they need to be funded by the advertisers who buy advertising spots on your shows. All right, yes. Which is why when... Cheese crackers buys programming on your show. You don't usually go around saying, "Oh, did you did you hear about the new conspiracy that uh, cheese crackers is owned by aliens and they are controlling people's minds through consumption of their crackers because the crackers are so tasty that when you you know eat cheese crackers, you are really letting the aliens have a piece of your brain which they will use to control you and you know you you can't get away from it. Wait, 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 what? I'm just saying you that. You don't, you don't attack your advertisers. You, you want their no, money. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you saying that they are aliens? No, I'm just, I'm using an example. So if you hear a conspiracy that these crackers are actually run by aliens. That's preposterous. Now, where are you hearing that? Did you hear that from somewhere 
reliable? Because if that's true, I will get them kicked off of my show. I'm not going to have aliens giving me money because that's the aliens pulling my strings with money strings. I have strings, yes, but they're money strings and they're going to use the purse strings to pull my strings. That's not what I'm about. I am against the aliens. I don't know if you know this. But I have a long-standing history where I say, hey, don't believe it. So, okay, great. Listen, everybody, don't believe it. When when, 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 when you hear the commercials for b cheese crackers, don't believe it. They're going to say, we're healthy and we're tasty and we don't have alien control of you. But apparently, they have alien control of you. So, don't buy them, whatever you do. No, no, this, I was, I, no, Patsy, it, it was an example. I'm not, I didn't actually know that there are aliens involved. But you don't know that there are no aliens involved, do you? No, I do. I don't have any idea who's involved in making cheese crackers. Oh, except that one guy we had on the show that one time. Yes, that, that's true. He did not sound like an alien. Yeah, but don't believe it, because aliens sound just like you and me. That's how aliens work. Okay, so aliens sound just like you. And me. Wait, that's, that's me too. Aliens sound just like me. Aliens sound just like... Oh my god. I've been working for the aliens this whole... Oh my god. Don't, be, don't believe it, ladies and gentlemen. I've been working for the aliens. So now don't believe anything that you heard on don't believe... Oh my god. What am I gonna do about this? Patsy, listen. It, what, I will, what I will confess to you is that I was... I was paid to say that thing about cheese crackers by the government. Wait, wait, what? Yes, the government gave me a, a, a large payment to say that about cheese crackers. The, go the government? The government? Yes, it's, it's, it, that's true. So, don't worry, you haven't been funded by aliens this whole time. But now the government's telling you to say this. No, no, I'm throwing off the shackles of my government oppression. Worry, I know you better than that. I know you only do things for money. Yes, I, well, I did say that, didn't I? But look, the point is, no... You don't have to distrust everything you've ever said. I've been working for the aliens. The aliens sound just like me. And you. Right, that's what I'm saying. So now aliens sound just like me because they are using me to broadcast. I eat those crackers. Look, I don't think you need to worry about it. Rory is full of crap, as always. Yeah, remember when you said he made up roller do 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 Well, I did make up roller do 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 Yeah, but if you made up roller do 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 then how did Slam Jackson meet up with roller do 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 when he was in Japan, and then roller do 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 smashed all of Japan? Well, I... Well, that's a really good question. I don't, I, I don't know the answer. I thought I did make up. Now you can't even trust what happens in your own memory. The aliens are among us, ladies and gentlemen. Don't believe it. Anything you say, automatically don't believe it because they are messing with your minds. Can we just play my my show, please? All right, all right. Let's do that. This is the recasting wax premiere of uh, what is the name of your show? It's um, it's called Rory's Stories from Another World, and it's going to be a, a wonderful work of classical fiction um, in another world. All right, let's get right to it. Rory's Stories from Another World. Hello and welcome to Rory's Stories from Another World, the show in which I, Rory Sinjin, will take someone's favorite story and tell them all about it in another world. My guest for this very first episode is a friend of the show, Mr. Harry Wilson, Tooth Janitor. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Harry Wilson, the Tooth Janitor, telling you all about Tooth Health here on Rory Stories. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you might remember me from Harry Wilson Advises You. Harry Wilson continues to advise you. Harry Wilson finds you love. Harry Wilson finds a penny. And Harry Wilson tells everybody what to do. Uh, and I wanted to make sure to say right at the beginning that the most important thing you're going to hear on this program is always brush your teeth. Well, never stop brushing your teeth. No, what? I mean, that's not the, mo the most important thing is, you know, the story I'm going to tell. So, no, nothing's more important well, than brushing your teeth. But for the purposes of the show, the purpose of the show is the, the story. The purpose of the show is not to deceive people about brushing their teeth. No, I'm the not saying that. I'm not saying it's bad. Okay, good, good. It 
because if you were, I'd leave. Well, I'm not. But what we are talking about is great works of literature. You know, I, as a British person, am quite familiar with literature, as all British people are. And so, therefore, I know, you know, all the great works. But in addition to that, I also know all the great works of other worlds that I've discovered through the use of extra history. So, I've brought Mr. Wilson here. Yes, well, I, I imagine there's other worlds. There's, like, there's a world where people have no teeth. I mean, you might as well just kill yourself. Well, in that world, they have to gum everything. It's, it's, they only eat applesauce. But That's right. we're here for classical works of literature. So you've brought, from what I understand, you've, you've brought uh, a summary for us of your favorite work of classical literature. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite books, actually. And usually I just like, kind of keep this hanging from the mirror in the bathroom. So I just kind of like turn the pages while I'm brushing my teeth. Well, please tell us what it is and give this us is, a uh, quick version. All right. This is this book is uh, it's Moby Dick by Herman Melville. I'm sure I'm sure you know this book. Of course. Um, it starts out with the, the main character as the narrator. He's called Ishmael. And he's kind of like he's feeling really down. He wants to go on a trip and he always likes to go as a sailor. So he goes up onto this, uh, this ship, but these meets these Quakers that own the ship and he says okay I want to you know be a sailor on this ship and they hire him and he gets on there and he he, uh, he he also meets this fella called Queequeg who's a savage and they're they're good friends and they go to a hotel and um, they eat food and there's nothing about brushing their teeth but I'm sure they do it together because they're like they're great friends and they uh, they end up on this sh- this ship together the savage and this guy uh, uh, Ishmael they're on the ship and they meet the captain who's a nutball he's only got one leg so that's like already he needs more calcium for the teeth because he doesn't have it in the leg bone. And uh, his name is Ahab. And Ahab says, all right, guys, this is a whaling ship. Yeah, but we're not going after just uh, every whale. Now, and of course, you got to find whales because I got the baleen, the whale teeth. You, you know, you get that out of the whale, you brush it, and that's really valuable. But he's looking for just one whale. And there's this whole chapter about the whiteness of the whale. It's about how important whiteness is. And that's why you brush your teeth. So you reproduce that whiteness in your mouth. Um, but he's looking for this whale, Moby dick because the whale used his sharp teeth to bite off Captain Ahab's leg. Now, that's why you always brush your teeth. You have teeth like Moby Dick. You can even bite off a guy's leg. But of course, Moby Dick is uh, made him really mad. He wants to, to get the whale and he puts this, he nails a coin into the ship and he's a gold coin. He says, whoever can kill this whale with such sharp teeth to bite my leg off gets the coin. Let's go. We're going to find him. And so they sail around a lot and eventually they, they find the whale. The Moby Dick with the sharp teeth. The white as teeth whale. And Ahab says, get him, guys. And they try, but uh, the whale ends up destroying the ship and killing Ahab, which is sharp teeth. And the only person that survives is the narrator, Ishmael, and then the, the story ends. Excellent. So now everyone is familiar with the story of Moby Dick on our world. Right, right. But I do have to tell you, sir, there is another world. Well, yeah, I'm sure there is. Well, there's, there's, no, there's quite a few. Person. There's quite a few. But I'm saying, I'm talking about a particular world where there is a different version of Moby Dick. Now, here, I will tell it to you. It starts out the right. same. The narrator says, hello, everyone, my name is Ishmael. Well, that's sort of the same. Well, that's, the same. that's yeah. what it says at the beginning. My name is okay. Ishmael, so I would imagine that that's the thing you should call me because that's my name. But, All right, this version is not as well written. Well, you, well, you know, Melville in that world, is, he was not a writer. He was a painter. But the point is, he wrote, he wrote this story. So he said, my name is Ishmael, so, you know, Ishmael, right? All right. And he's, he's in a town. And he's uh, looking for a job as a sailor. Yes. No, no, I mean, I'm telling you. Well, no, I'm saying that's about right from what I know, except he's, he, again, he's a little more uh, compact with the way he starts it. But yeah, he's in a town looking for a job as a sailor. So he goes into a, um, you know, a hotel saying, I'd like a room, please. And they say, well, we only have two rooms, one with this um, savage 
And uh, yeah. one where you could have a private room and you don't have to room with a savage. And he says, well, I'll take the, the private room, please. And so he gets a private room. <laughs> this is already it's kind of more boring than the real thing. Well, just wait. It, it, it's going to change. Okay, all right. You know, things, things, get, things get quite exciting. So he, he has a nice rest. He sleeps through the night. No problems. He gets up the next morning and says, uh, I'm going to look for that job as a sailor, as I said. He walks along the docks and it turns out all of the ships have already hired sailors. They all don't need a, a sailor. So he says, well, oh, that's not... I mean, I really wanted to become a sailor. And this is the version where nothing happened. <laughs> well, something's about to happen. Don't worry. Okay. So he gets to the end of the dock and uh, a voice says, hey, were you going to try to become a sailor? And he says, well, yes. Who's this? And he said, well, I'll tell you what. I know all the sailing jobs are taken, but I need someone to ride on a horse with me. So if you want to ride on a horse with me instead, you could do that. Oh, oh God. Tell him not to look the horse in the mouth. The reason you don't look the gift horse in the mouth is because of the teeth. They got terrible teeth. If you look it in the mouth, you'll see their teeth. You'll, you won't accept the gift. Well, he's not giving him the horse. He just wants him to ride it with him. And so he says, um, uh, sure, I'll, I'll take the job. I need the money. You know, I wanted to become a sailor, but ho horse riding is very similar to sailing. So I'll do that. And uh, wait, they're not similar at all. Like, well, they're, I haven't they're done either. I'm too busy brushing my teeth. But one you get on a horse and the other one you get on a boat. Yes, but they're both forms of travel. And they both involve wind. One whipping through your hair. You That's know? not an, an essential part of it. You could... If you're riding the ride, horse quickly. Right. And it also gets grime on your teeth with all the bugs that fly at your mouth. Close your mouth. But you're brushing your teeth at the same uh, time. Yes, yes. Well, if you're doing that. So the point... But he wasn't doing that. So uh, this gentleman oh. said, my name is Ahab. I am a horse rider named Ahab. And I am uh, going to ride a horse across the plains into the desert where um, there is going to be a uh, thing that I'm going to do. Were you like Neither to... of them was brushing their teeth? Not at the moment, no. This was uh, before the invention of toothbrushes. Oh my! Are you all right? Yeah. Why would we tell a story about this? No, this is because we we'll learn from it. We'll learn from it. So Ahab says, Ishmael, I will give you a bunch of money if you ride with me on this horse, and we will go and um, basically. He, he, I, I only have one eye. I don't know if you noticed. And Ahab only has one eye. And he says, the reason that is, is because a, a large white turkey pecked out my eye. And I want to kill the turkey and eat it as revenge. So, wait, Ishmael, if you help me kill this turkey, I'll give you a dollar. Wait, wait. First of all, this is kind of a stupider version of the real book. Because there's, it's more boring if you don't meet the savage. And why does he go around looking for sailing jobs if there aren't any? It's just like an extra chapter you don't need. There were sailing jobs. They were all taken. You know, they all okay, got... Okay, but why is that even in the story? And then... Because it, it will become super relevant. It will become super... Super relevant. He wants a guy to ride a horse with him to find the turkey that pecked out his eye. That's what, that is exactly what Ishmael said. He was like, well, that sounds preposterous. And Ahab said, Turkeys well. don't even have any teeth. They just have a beak. That's how you peck how, something with, with, with your beak. And, how is that even impressive or threatening? Or why were we even interested in this thing without teeth? Uh, look, uh, Ahab says, well, uh, you know, I was lying on the ground one day, sleeping. Wait a minute. Ahab is homeless? No, no, he was camping. He was camping. And he was camping okay. out in the Old West, because this is, takes place in the Old West, and I not mention that. Why would they? Their ships in the old west. Okay, technically this part is in the east, but they had a very long distance to ride the horse. This is going to be really boring. <laughs> this is going to be just them like riding horses and getting bugs in their teeth the whole time. No, no, we're going to skip that part. Ahab says, I was lying on the ground one day, I was sleeping, and the giant white turkey came up and pecked out of my eye, and I, that woke me up, of course, and so I said, ah! But because my eye was 
out. I didn't have, you know, pr- the, my vision wasn't that good, and so I couldn't shoot him, and he got away. So the point is, but I the wrote- turkeys are so little. What, how is he going to find one turkey? This was a very large one. Also, it was white. Most turkeys are not white. It was it's an white albino. White like teeth. I'm sorry, what? White like teeth. Yes, yes. This was a tooth white albino turkey. That's fascinating. Yes. So, the, so he then got on his horse. He rode all the way back to the east. Wait a minute. Why is he running away from the turkey now? He's not running away. He's look. He's getting back up. And he said, I, I just need one person, but I prefer it to be a sailor. So, so wait, wait, why doesn't he go to where the sailing ships are? That's where he is. That's where he is when he meets Ishmael. And he says, you, you look like a sailor, but you're, you didn't get a sailing job because they're all taken. Would you like to help me out? Why does he need a sailor to shoot a turkey? Because he doesn't want, because he, he wants to shoot the turkey himself, but he says, I would like the sailor to help me set a rope trap with, with its fancy sailor knots. So nobody in the West knows how to tie knots? Why are you questioning? Person? Uh, listen, I didn't write this story. I just am reading it from another world. All right. Okay, so, the we, world where they don't even brush their teeth. Well, no, it's stupid. This was the past. Now they brush their teeth in this world. Oh, well, good. All right. So look, uh, as I was saying, so Ishmael says, "Oh, yes, I know all about sailing knots. No problem." I've studied them in a book. Uh, so he says, "Did you?" Wait, he hasn't even done it in real life. He just read it in a book. Yes, yeah, so he he was going to get his first job as a sailor. So wait a minute. So he goes all this way to find a sailor, and he guides a guy who has not even ever sailed yet. All the sailors that he tried to get took jobs on ships. They didn't want to ride on a horse. They're sailors. Okay, whatever. Look, we're, we're still in chapter one. <sighs> all right. So. Ahab says to Ishmael, I got you a horse. The horse is named Queequeg. Hop on. It's <laughs> named after my mother. This so, is very different than the real thing. Yes. Queequeg is a savage. That's, He's not a horse. The horse is in some ways very savage. Um, that's the first thing. When Ishmael gets on his back, he says, whoa, this, this horse is quite savage. And Ahab says, yes, he's new. You know, he'll get used to it. So they ride. Now, I will skip. Th- let me just tell you, there's a lot of chapters about them riding, but I will skip those. Thank you. Only- is this world called the world where nothing good happens in books, where they take out the most interesting part? No, they do. We, we don't actually name worlds. So, Oh, but if, if you would give a world a name, that would be the name of this world? Well, that's the name you'd give it a pair. But I don't think that's accurate because listen to all the things that happen. I was sca- again. No teeth so far. What about in the horse? How do how are people talking without teeth? Except for the horse. Well, yeah, but there hasn't been any like relevant mentions of teeth. That changes in the next chapter. Okay, because so far they're looking for a toothless bird and they're not even brushing their teeth. And when they ride, because they're getting bugs in their mouths. Well, and th- that's, that's, that's filthy okay. horse. Teeth. You know, I said I was going to skip all of the chapters where they're riding, but. I'm going to go back on that just because of what you're saying. In chapter 23, as they are riding, they have a conversation, which goes a little like this. All right? All right. Uh, They're riding along. That's the sound of the the hoofbeats. And Ishmael turns to Ahab and says, Ahab, you know what I was thinking? And Ahab says, what? And Ishmael says, well, you know how when you eat things, um, sometimes things get stuck between your teeth? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what Ahab says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ishmael said, isn't it wonderful that that does not damage teeth at all in this world that we live in? In this world that we live in, in this world that we live in, that is different from other worlds where it does damage teeth. Isn't it wonderful that we live in in a world where teeth are so powerful that they repel all, you know, I'm just making up a word, but decay. I, I've never even heard of this word decay, but I'm making it up to represent the breaking down of teeth, a thing that does not exist to us. And Ahab well, says, yes, that's wonderful. Hold on. First of all, why does Melville write about well, they're just telling each other things they both know? It's, that's stupid writing. No, it isn't, second, because he's very philosophical, and he's trying to engage in a conversation. And so then, because then it becomes flowery, and then they go, and Ahab says, yes, that is wonderful, and it, it just goes to show that, you know, we're all a kingdom of man. But, oh, okay, yeah, that's 
that's true. But wait, if they never brush their teeth and they never have any decay and they never even have to make their teeth white or anything, what do they do all day? This is like the most boring world ever. What, what would be the point of life? Well, Ahab's life is centered right now around catching and killing and eating and not having his teeth decay from this giant white turkey. Yeah, because it doesn't have any teeth. But what about everybody else? Everybody else has their own business. Uh, Ishmael was trying to become a sailor. Look, I just am telling you some details. So there okay. many chapters later, they get to the Old West and uh, they walk into a saloon and uh, they say to the uh, piano player, piano player. He's tickling the ivories. He is, which is like sort of like. That's what they That's what they call it. Tickling your teeth? No, the ivories, ivory white teeth. I like the ivories of the piano. That's why they have pianos. So playing the piano is like touching the piano's teeth. Yes, that's why they have it, to remind you to brush your teeth. Oh, well, then I guess in this world, they don't have pianos. Yeah, they must so, not. All right, so then he goes to the banjo player. Do you know this story? I, d- I do. I was reading it. Okay. You know, what it is, is he, it said, the reason I was confused is I was, I was looking at it in the other world in my mind, and it said they went up to the person who was playing the music in the saloon, and I assumed it was a piano player. They, but this is the world where Herman Melville is a, such a horrible writer. This this is where you, as a writer, you might want to put in description. I told like, you, he was a painter. He was a painter in this world. Okay. So he says, all right, so... So then, the, and the music playing person puts his banjo down and says, what can I do for you, strangers? And Ahab says, well, I have one dollar here for the person who points me to giant white turkey that pecked out my eye. And the banjo player says, well, um, is it that one over there? And he points out the window and it's a giant white turkey. Wait, so hold it. They don't even have to look around to try and find it or anything? There's he pointed like a- and they had to follow his finger looking out the window. And no, that's it? There's a, no, it's not the end. I mean, that's... Oh. The, like I said, lots of chapters of writing that you missed with, with philosophical right, right. kingdom of man. Um, anyway. So this is a version where all the value of it is just in the philosophy that they're talking about and the plot isn't even important. It also... You know, what's funny is in that world, a lot of people bought it just to learn how to ride a horse properly. Because it will tell really? you... Yes, it will tell you that. It's very instructive. Because they, I guess they don't have anything else to do when they can't yeah. brush their teeth. Exactly. So, they look out the what window. A horrible world. There's the turkey. They said, oh, it's, a, it's the albino turkey. I'm going to run out and kill it. Um, Ishmael, Ishmael, uh, make your rope trick. And um, Ishmael goes, yes, sail or not, sail or not. And he does a knot and... They put down a rope, and the turkey's like, all right, what's all this? And um, Ahab says, ah, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lie down and pretend I'm asleep. So it's like, it's going to want to eat my other eye, right? I mean, that's natural. And uh, the turkey sees this and goes, oh, well, I remember that first eye I had was pretty good. So I'm going to go over and have the other. And as it walks over, it it steps into the rope trap, but the rope misses. (gasps) Yes, and the turkey goes, what's this? What's this? And it pecks out Ahab's other eye. Um, and it eats it, and then, uh... How does it chew it? It doesn't chew, it just swallows it whole. What's the point? And, um, then Queequeg, the horse, um, tries right. to tries to kick the turkey, um, but he slips and falls and he and hits his head and dies. And, um, Ahab is screaming, ah, oh, my eye, my eye. And he, uh, is running, and he runs off a cliff, and he falls and he dies. Wait a minute. Yes? He runs off a cliff? Yes, they're in the Old West, you know, they have cliffs. Right next, okay, next to the saloon. The cliff is on, I mean, the saloon's on the top of the cliff, yes. Right, okay. But, sure. you know, not, I mean, it's not facing the cliff, that would be Yeah, dangerous. that's fine, that, uh, it just is more dramatic if the bird actually kills him. Well, he, what, that's the thing, when I said he falls off a cliff and dies, I mean, he falls off a cliff and lives. Oh, I, I should have gathered that from the dies word. And the, no, but, but then the turkey says, well, he's not any trouble now, and the turkey jumps off the cliff, flaps his wings... 
Now, turkeys cannot fly, but they can sort of, you know, push against the air with their wings a little bit, and it it makes it so he doesn't fall terminally. And it lands right next to him, and it it pecks at the rest of him until he dies. Well, that's a little more dramatic, but it's still kind of stupid compared to the whale. Well, no, this is not... It's not over yet. Oh, okay. Um, Because then, uh, Ishmael is up at the top of the cliff, and he's looking down, and he watches it happen. And first of all, he's like, that's incredibly disgusting. But he waits a little while. The turkey runs away. He uses his sailor rope to climb down the cliff himself, and he goes through Ahab's pockets, and he gets the dollar. So wait, this is a story about getting money? That's what... Yes, that's what it... He, that's why he was looking for the job as a sailor, and Ahab said he'd give him a dollar, so... Well, I don't like this nearly as much. I mean, it's there's no... There's hardly any teat, and this bird is, is pecking things because it doesn't have any teeth. It's a world and where everybody teeth knows Never decay. But yeah, but that's such a boring world that if they don't decay, there's no reason to brush them. And if you can't brush them, why do you even live? Let me tell you what happened after the part with the dollar. There's one more uh, paragraph left. Uh, What was it? Oh, right. When I said he went through his pockets, all that was left was his clothes because the bird had eaten the entire body. Right. And um, the bird is, when I say large, I mean about the size of not a person, but maybe a th- half of a person. So it's a very large turkey. And um, a few days later, they were inspecting the turkey's droppings and his powerful, um, his powerful, powerful internal stomach acids dissolved everything that was Captain Ahab, except his decay-proof amazing teeth, which came out oh. completely whole and sparkling. That's inspiring. Yes. That's that's an image, the whiteness of the teeth. Yes. It's an image that could just be last forever in the world of literature. In that world, specifically, the they literally last forever, yes. That's extraordinary. That's, I mean, if he had achieved that by brushing his teeth, that that would be the reason why you brush your teeth. I mean, there's, you do it in this world because we have a reason to brush our teeth, because if we don't, they decay. Right. In that world, well, they don't have a reason, but still... Like surviving teat at the end. That's just like how the nature of the surviving teat can triumph over man's desire to kill a bird. It's true. It's true. That's very yep. true. So I think I think you'll find that it's a it's a stronger moral lesson than the one from the original. Yeah, definitely. If it has to do with teat. Uh, I mean, the other one was about the strongness of teeth, too, with the teeth of the whale kill. But this is, I mean, teeth is the last image. Uh, now, the writing was sounded like it was kind of worse, but the teeth image, that's the important thing. And, and that's true with everything. Teeth is most important. So for those of you listening out there, the most important thing is teeth. If you're reading, always do it while you're brushing your teeth and always brush your teeth while you're doing everything else, too. And if, you know, if it ever occurs to you, perhaps, uh, to go sailing, remember... Instead, just brush your teeth. Now, would you agree then, Mr. Wilson, that this story was better in another world? Well, the moral is definitely better. The, the teeth, teeth is is highlighted in the moral. That's better. Uh, unfortunately, the story itself was a lot crappier. But the moral of the teeth is better. So there's a trade-off. And you know, since I mean, teeth is the most important thing. Uh, I'd have to say that uh, there's definitely some advantages to the moral. However, it it depends if you want. To, if, if you're already convinced about teeth, you probably want to read the better story while you're brushing your well, teeth. Well, it's only 27 it, pages long. Oh well, then those chapters are really short. Yes. This is a world kind of where where the right is pretty crappo, so I would still say that the the better story is the one from this world to read while you brush your teeth. And also, it's got this story of the whale's teeth biting through Ahab and biting the ship, and the, the whiteness of the teeth and the whale. It's like it's still pretty tooth tooth friendly. So you still prefer the one from our world? 
this world, yeah. I, although right. I, the last one redeemed itself at the end with Petit. All right. Well, that makes sense because you are a denizen of this world. But I think there are other worlds where you prefer the other world. That is probably true. Definitely true. Definitely true. I've discovered it. So, yes. I think we can all agree this was a wonderful time and a good story to be had by all. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this, this has is been Harry Wilson, the tooth janitor. Always brush your teeth, no matter what. Well, every moment. Well, I mean, we needed to take time off for this shit. I've still got like one of those silent toothbrushes in the corner of my mouth. Oh. I'm very good at talking while I do that. All right. Well, um, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Rory Stories from Another World. Don't believe it. Okay, so Patsy Kennedy here. With that was uh, don't believe it. I mean, no, that was uh, Rory stories uh, from another world. So why don't we talk to the people who are uh, the other contestants, and then we will talk to Rory Sinjin, and we will see what everybody thinks of that uh, story that he told. So Scapy White, you are the traditional storyteller here on Casting Wax. What did you think? Of Rory's stories. I didn't think he did a good job. Oh, right. So why is that? Well, that, first of all, that story wasn't scary at all. No, it wasn't very scary, I suppose. There was a giant turkey who wanted to peck out an eyeball, and it did peck out another eyeball during the course of the story. Yeah, but that's not scary. He didn't want to peck out my eyeball, just Ahab, so who cares? Right. Yes, that is true. And there was no scary moral. There was only a regular moral, so it was not as good as scapy stories from a cat in the dark. That is the best show. Yes, but although it's not actually in competition with Scapey Stories, it's in competition with Scape Debate. Yeah, but Scape Debate is, is good too, so. All right, all right. Uh, p- p- possibly believe it, possibly don't believe it. Okay. Frank Allen is here as well. Of course, Frank Allen, you do not normally do a storytelling segment of the show. Do you think that, that Rory's storytelling segment or Scapey's storytelling segment was better? Uh, well, okay. In, in all honesty, I don't think we need a storytelling segment of the show. We have all these radio serials that we listen to. Those tell stories, really. So I don't think we need a storytelling segment. I don't, I don't really feel like either of them is, is very good. Um, they're just telling a, a story poorly. So, you know, why bother? That is a very strong statement. Yeah, yeah. What I, you know, like I said, if they just get rid of them both, put in, uh, put in Frank Advice and Frank Allen interviews alternating back and forth, I think that's a pretty good system for the show to have. All right, all right. Possibly believe it, possibly don't believe it. Uh, Rory Sinjin, how do you come to your own defense as to these allegations of not scary and not very good? Well, my story was not meant to be scary. See, it was meant to be a work of classical literature. Which it wasn't. Well, that's not... It is in another world. And even though in that other world, Melville is only a painter, he is actually mostly famous for this story. And everyone says, oh, you know... A, a, a simple painter wrote one of the most amazing stories that teaches everyone how to ride horses. And look, look the point is, it's a really good story in that world. P- possibly because that world doesn't have good stories. I, do, I haven't looked into their whole history. All I know is everyone really loves this one. So any allegations that my story wasn't very good, you know, I, I mean, you're wrong. It is it is objectively good, by as proven by being the most popular story of another world. No, that is not objectively good, because there is in fact no accounting for taste. By which I mean that there is not an accounting system which can total up the taste and make sure that the sums are higher. I know what accounting is. Well, okay. Look, is it, but it is objective because there is a world where that's the most popular story. So, there you are. Alright, don't believe it or believe it, depending on the case may be. How it is. That is for you to figure out. So, before we get to our other serial, we got another email emails to listen to hearing happen. Uh, Frank, why don't you read this email here? It is from uh, President Byron Samuels. Oh, uh, oh gosh. I'm supposed to read this? Yes, please. All right. Um, dear Cask in Wanks, uh, first off, 
I want to distend my platitude to lord of whatever you on the slogram for saying I am best at pretending my title. I know I'm the clam champion, and I'll pretend it right today. I want to prepare right now that I am impaired to recept his challenge this instant. I name the place, and it's right here, right now, remedially. Following that, we get Frank Allen to derange a place for us to deflate each other. And to the Mardians, my Victoria's deplored, just so you know how this is going to mend up, and I got no problem with chickens and eggs. I eat them both at once, or sometime one, then the other. What does this have to do with my deflatiating? President Byron Samuels. All right, uh, what am I supposed to say to that? Well, I don't know, but we had Lord Zest send in an audio letter, and he says he wants to re-debate, so it, it looks like one way or another, I'm going to be getting another debate show. No, I'm going to be getting another debate show. No, Scape, you don't host debates. You are a debater. I hosted the debate of the Scape debate. Yeah, but you were also the debater. These are two guys who want to debate. How are you going to debate two guys at once? I would do it really well, and I would win against them. That's how. Yeah, because you decide to debate. Okay, look, sometime soon, after Recast and Wax happens, I will host a grand champion return to debatatorium in which these two debateators have a, a new debate, an entirely new debate, not based at all on their old debate. And we can see if the second time is the charm, or if, in fact, President Byron Samuels remains the debateator, uh, the ultimate debateator, I should say. So, either way, we'll figure that out. All right, don't believe it. So, no, no, you can believe that. All right, fine, believe it. But now we're going to move on with the show, and now we're going to get to Chop Henderson, Adventurator, no! Incarcerator. Incarcerated. Okay, that makes more sense. Don't believe it. This is Chop Henderson. Chop Henderson. Incarcerated. Episode 4, The Ralph of Khan. By Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, Charles Bourbon, and Mickey Weissner. He is as strong as Roquefort, and as odoriferous as Gorgonzola. His orange jumpsuit was made at Brooks Brothers, because Lou and Fred Brooks work at the jumpsuit factory. He doesn't make tally marks on the walls because Bogworth refuses to count for him anymore. He is Chop Henderson, assuming we're still for some reason talking about Chop Henderson. Having become the leading cause of death among wardens of this prison, Chop Henderson prepares to defecate all over the next warden. Okay, Bogworth, if the last few wardens are any indication, this next warden will be pretty easy to end the life of. Undoubtedly, sir. So, my still life painting class is a four, so let's say we wrap this warden business up by 3.30? How punctual, sir. Don't be silly, Bogworth. I punched the last one. So where's the new warden anyways? Haven't got all day, you know. Come with me, and we'll be in a world of pure incarceration. Ah, you must be Chop Henderson. And Bogworth. Wait, Bogworth, what is your first name? Amos, sir. How like the proletariat? Amos, Chop, 
a real pleasure. I am Warden Clement. I understand that you have had some differences of opinions with wardens in the past. Other people have opinions? Wow! What a wondrous world we live in! Indeed it is. I have been taking time out of my first day to speak with each of my guests individually. So much of the modern correctional system is based on retribution, which leads to the morally questionable and spiritually bankrupt situation we find ourselves in. Bankrupt? I'll thank you to keep a civil tongue in my cell! Thank you for your opinion. Under my watch, this prison will shift its focus from punishment to reform, seeking to reintroduce each of you back into society as productive citizens. Productive? Um, Bagworth, is he talking about work? In the light of this knowledge, I have taken it upon myself to begin my term as warden with a modest but friendly gesture. I will grant one wish from each weary heart that dwells within these walls. Uh, my, mine's a tank. Can I have a tank? Oh. I know what your true wish is. Who has ever killed for a tank? Chop Henderson had! Or would have, if he'd known he would have gotten himself a tank! No, Mr. Henderson. I know what your wish is. From now on, breakfast shall come with... Two muffins for you. Instead of a tank? I mean, I really appreciate the muffins. I appreciate the gesture, but seriously, I want a tank! And for you, Amos. Your new cell is ready right next door lined with a leather-bound set of the world's finest literature. Thank you, sir. As the days passed, the double-muffined Chop Henderson gazed with rising ire at the rising spirits of his fellow inmates. Hey, man. I wanted to apologize for threatening to down your neck a week ago. That was really uncalled for. Would you like my muffin? Um, uh, well... Yes? Don't mention it, friend. So, I can't have a tank, but Muffin Neck gets a dirt bike? Busy reading, sir. Chaucer, sir. You know, Henderson, I realize all these gestures are merely vacant and facile attempts to draw goodwill from us, despite the patently one-sided power dynamic of this situation, but that new swimming pool is real nice. Is that why you're all prairie? Skin condition. Confound it, Bogwars! Everyone's happiness only makes me more unhappy! I am occupied with Kipling, sir. Well, are you Kipling or reading? Make up your mind! Hey, I... excuse me. Hey, I don't know you, but... I just wanted to tell you that your hair looks really great today. Why, why thank you? I got a helicopter. Oh, this is bull Bulls notwithstanding, Chop's attempts to kill the warden were like most of Chop's ideas, futile and unsuccessful. Hey, warden! I made you this bomb! Why, thank you, Chop. I've made you this friendship bracelet. Oh, Warden! Check out this new ship! Oh, wow, Chop! Look at that edge! You're improving! Sound the learning bell! Guess who has learned how to sharpen a shiv, everyone? Hey, Warden! Won't you have a stroll with me beneath this precariously dangling piano? Why, Chop? What an inspiring art piece. Let me put it in the courtyard for all to see. Then I can teach you how to play it. 
I don't know, Chomp. Having a pet is a big responsibility. But here's some Wolverine chai to start your little friend off right. He finally decided to follow the adage, kill them with kindness. This poison hot cocoa will work for sure, Bogworth. Surely, sir. Oh, you're listening. No, I'm reading John Shirley, sir. Well, if you could add some poison to this hot cocoa. Done, sir. Already? I didn't even see you put it in there. No, John Dunn, sir. Well, never mind. I'll, I'll just go back to this then. Oh, warden! Good afternoon, Chomp. How are you doing on this splendid day? Well, I must say that I'm doing fantastically, warden. If I was to have a complaint, no matter how slight, it would be a slight chill in the air, hot cocoa. Why, Chomp? This unsolicited act of kindness moves me deeply. To think that I almost refused this job because of your history of killing wardens. Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! How silly! I have also noted in the past weeks that your progress in almost every field has been astonishing. And so, as a small token of my great pride in your accomplishments, I got you... It's all yours, Chop. Once I've finished this delightful mug of cocoa you've made me, I'll sign those papers for you. Oh, uh, uh, wait, 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 what, 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 what papers are you talking about? A certificate of good behavior, to be displayed at your next parole hearing, Chop. You are the son this father never had. I am so proud of you. dumbass. And as Warden Clement breathes his last, collapsing onto the tank he was about to give Chop Henderson, our hero weeps unmanfully like an enormous wimp. Do not be a wimp and stay tuned for the next emotionally conflicted episode of Chop Henderson Incarcerated. In that episode of Chop Henderson, Incarcerated, Ralph was Charles Berman, Chop Henderson was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, Warden Clement was J.R. Coonrad, and the prisoners were Mickey Weissner and Ed Jones. Don't believe it. Those, again, those people are just pretending they're not actually those people. Okay. Chop Henderson, Incarcerated. He did some killing. He killed the warden. It was kind of sad. What do you think about this? Rory. Uh, well, I agree. You shouldn't have killed him. It was uh, unfortunate. Excellent. All right. As a result, uh, you get to read next letter. Uh, well, uh, all right. Um, uh, dear Jordan and Co., I have listened to Frank Allen's advice. I have had sex with all the main ads. I'm glad I did. Now you must have sex with them, too. It's so much fun. You must do it. We are coming for you. Do not resist. Roger Gomes. All right. So, Frank Allen, what do you say to that? There's Maynads. They're going to come and have sex with you. Uh, well, again, I, if they want to get down, you know what I say. So you're going to have sex with all these Maynads? Um, I mean, again, they're not here. I'll have to see what they look like. I'm assuming that these are attractive Maynads. Well, that's a rather interesting assumption. Well, I think it's a pretty safe assumption. I mean, you know, don't you think that having women who are interested in sex makes them a little sexier? No, not necessarily. Well, we'll find out. I'll, I will have sex with the good-looking ones. And, uh, and the non-good-looking ones, what happens to them? I leave them for you. No, I didn't say I was going to have sex with any of them. Don't believe it, you're going to have sex with them all. No, I have a girlfriend, thank you very much, and she is 
not a person who who smiles upon you know me having sex with other women. So I'm not going to have sex with any of your your main ads, friend. Don't believe it. It's true. I, well, I don't believe it. That's why I'm saying I don't believe it. Well, you ought to believe. All right, it. good. So next up, uh, before we get to more email, let's let's uh, let's just talk for a moment about uh, the end of recast and wax you've now heard all three shows so now you the audience get to vote on which one you want to have continue now uh i don't know how to do a lot of editing because i'm not used to editing shows i do shows live on the air but um so i can't edit in clips from all the shows so rather than do that what we'd like to do is uh we'd like to have you guys provide us with live reenactment clips of the show all right that sounds reasonable but I guess. what we want to do is have the person who doesn't have an interest in that show do the do the the, the, the show Summary. So, for example, we did Rory Stories today by Rory, and Scape normally does the story show, so we'll have Frank do the summary of it, you see? So that's what we'll do. So, everybody, write into us at castinwax at gmail.com. You've got a couple of weeks. We're not going to do a show next week, so you've got probably at least two weeks to write into us. Please write into us as soon as you hear this. Castinwax at gmail.com. Do you want to hear more of the Scape debate? Which was sort of like this. Oh, hello, my name is Scapey. Oh, hello, I'm someone else. I think one thing. I think the other thing. Uh, well, I'm Scape, so I win. The end. Excellent. Don't believe it, but that is basically how it goes. It's better. It's better. Well, we'll believe it for now. Um, all right. Or do you instead want to hear about Frank advice? Uh, okay. I'm Frank Allen. Uh, hey, do you want to do it? Send me your questions about doing it. Oh, somebody wants to know, how do I do it? Well, I'll tell you. You do it. You just do it. Wow. It's so good to do it. Frank Allen. Don't believe it. That's exactly what Frank Allen advice was. Frank advice. That's what I said. All right. And uh, finally, uh, do you want instead to vote for Rory's Stories from Another World? Hi, I'm uh, Rory Sinjin. This is Another World where another story happens. Hey, do you know Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water? Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after. Well, there's another world where uh, the, the hill was a rocket ship and it blew up. So. Don't believe it. That's not another world. All right. Well, actually, that is another world, but that's not a good world, and I wouldn't tell that story on the show. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so if you write into us, castingwax at gmail.com, let us know. Do you want scape debate? Do you want Frank advice? Do you want Rory stories? Which one of those three shows do you want to continue? You only get to vote. No, you know what? I was going to say you only get to vote once. You can vote as much as you want. Send in as many votes as you want. You don't have to email more than one time if you don't want to. You can just send in a number of votes in an email, and we'll assume that you got them from all different people. Um, so please send in votes for either Escape Debate, Frank Advice, Rory Stories. Send in your votes. Vote as often as you like. Vote as many times as you like. Um, just so you know, infinity's not a number. Don't believe it. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not a number. So you can't say I'm going to send in infinite votes. That's not a thing. So don't do that. All right. So now we're going to get back to our emails. We still got one, two, three more emails. All right. Frank, why don't you read one? Uh, fine. Dear Ensemble of Hosts, three issues. Feel free to read and address them one at a time. Uh, I thought I was clear on who was who after Jordan straightened me out last time, but after hearing the last episode, I can't tell whether it was Max Thornfield or Lord Zest who co-hosted Frank Advice, flirted gratuitously with him, and took him to dinner so as to get him to wear a bra and spray a woman's perfume down his pants. Either way, I'm fine with it. It's a free country after all, and I respect Frank's decision to wear women's underwear and perfumes, but I hope you can clear this up for me. No, that's not what happened. I, it was, first of all, it was neither Max Thornfield nor Lord Zest. It was Alicia Jensen, who is a medalist, a, a, a platinum a medalist in the Olympics. She's a very attractive woman. Seriously, if you saw her, you would know she was a very attractive woman. So, 
don't, you know, I, don't, I wasn't flirting with a man. I flirt with women, and I wasn't flirting. I was a professional. I was very professional. I just coincidentally was like, do you want to go to dinner? And she said no, by the way. She gave me a rain check, but I think that's a polite way of saying no. So anyway, uh, okay, rest of the letter, rest of the letter. Um, also, Scapey chimed in with some particularly insightful advice afterwards to eat and nap. My problem is that between work and my other responsibilities, I only have time for one or the other. So, Scapey, if you were faced with a hypothetical situation where you were both hungry and tired and only had time to eat or nap, which would you choose and why? Okay, okay, that's a good question. Um, here's the answer. You're, that's, you're wrong. You don't have time for, for only one or the other because, first of all, you're saying between work and my other responsibilities, that's a lot of stuff that you could just cancel. Cancel it. But if you had only, let's say you only had, like, just time for one nap. So, like, you only have, like, eight hours. Here's what you do. Go to the place where the food is. Eat and eat and eat until you can't stay awake and just fall asleep right next to the food. That's fine. All right. And uh, lastly, uh, finally, I should say, I wanted to ask you to throw in a quick plug for my new venture project. I wouldn't ask except that it was inspired by the advice Rory gave on how to trick vegetarians into eating cheeseburgers. I will be opening an upstate New York burger chain called the June Tea Cheeseburger Institute in which we will lure in vegetarians under the premise that all our products are tofu-based. We will then blindfold them and get them to eat genuine all-beef cheeseburgers, which after tasting, they will no longer object to eating meat. We were thinking of our slogan, you'll just love a June Tea Cheeseburger. Rory, I can't thank you enough for the idea. Hopefully, we'll be liberating poor brainwashed vegetarians by the end of the year all thanks to you. My lawyers have given me a figure that they assure me is an adequate compensation for your assistance in the idea of the project. I don't want to disclose the amount in a public email, but if you could send me an address, I'll see that you get a check. Sincerely, Bailiff Quimby. Okay, I'm very torn. I'm very torn because you're saying it was my idea, which I want the money, so you have to send me the money. You've already agreed to send me the money. But that being said, I didn't say that you should brainwash, you know, vegetarians, unbrainwashed vegetarians, because they're not brainwashed. First of all, they're not brainwashed. Vegetarians like myself have made a choice, a life choice, a moral choice, a choice that is based on our ideals, like my my love, June Tea Love Burger. You just love a June Tea Cheeseburger. That's not, that's not something I want her to hear, but she's listening to the podcast, I'm sure. So... June, I did not advocate this. This is done by idea. He did not. You heard my show, and but I do need the money. So send me the money, even though I didn't. I can't. I can't claim. I cannot claim that it was fully my idea. But I can claim the money. So please send me the money. That is what I want from you. The money. Thank you very much, Mister Quimby. But I don't think you should open the chain. But I do think you should pay me, even though you should. Then, after you've paid me, reconsider opening the chain. Don't believe it. All right. So, next up, we've got another letter. Uh, Rory Sinjin, I think you should read this letter to us. Yes, sure. Why not? Um, what does it say? That's what you got to tell me. Right. Uh, dear Cast and Wax, I notice you have a Frank Allen on your show. Is that the one in all the graffiti that says to make him famous? I'm just curious. Edelweiss Silverman. Yes, I am the same Frank Allen in that illegally and unsanctioned uh, graffiti. But uh, I'm not famous yet, not famous enough anyway, not by half, not even by a quarter. So please join in the fight to make me famous. Uh, apparently, I have the backing of Jesus, so that's nice. I don't know that for a fact, but I've been told, and I, I think that's a good thing to publicize in, uh, for myself. So please 
make me famous. Help me make myself famous and uh, make me famous. All right, so we've got one more email, which I'm going to read out loud. Uh, that is a thing I'm going to do. And then I'm going to bring out Jordan D. White to answer the question because it is a question for him. Hey, guys, absolutely loving the show. I'm really looking forward to SGC, which I believe Jordan says stands for Science Girl Cinnamon, and more of Recast and Wax. Just a quick question I've been wondering about. What's with the wax? I'm curious. How did Waxwork name get started? And why all the wax references? All the best, Steve. To answer that question, we bring out from the booth, Mr. Jordan D. White. Hello, everyone. Yes, and thank you very much, Patsy, for hosting the show. No problem. Don't believe it. Well, I do, I do believe, I do believe that you did host the show. But, Steve, uh, the, I'm surprised I've never told this on the podcast before, but I will tell it right now. The story, uh, comes from myself and my good, uh, friend and colleague, Derek McNish, whose voice you might recognize as the voice of broadband in Guard Duty. We were driving in a car, listening to a song by They Might Be Giants. I don't know what song, but in my brain, I feel like it was Become a Robot. And I said to Derek, these guys are wax. And I was saying it in the a cast of wax sort of sense, the W-H-A-C-K-S. These guys are Whack jobs. These guys are goofballs. These guys are crazy go nuts. Um, but he did not understand and he thought I was saying W-A-X. And so he said, wax. What is that? Is that like a, is that like a word for cool? And I said, yes. I, I didn't say yes. I, it became the answer became yes. Uh, we decided then that anything that's cool is wax. Things are wax. That's wax. That's totally wax. Uh, and anything that is uncool, anything that sucks, we can say wanes. Justin Bieber wanes. He totally wanes. Uh, and so when it came time to make the site that was going to be uh, become what you know now as the Waxwork site, as waxwork.com, uh, we were like, I thought, well, why don't we use something simple, something fun, and we were going to just try wax.com. But unfortunately, wax.com was already taken. And for some reason, I stuck with the wax idea and they became Waxwork. And, and then I started using it in lots of things. Uh, the radio show, as you know, was Welcome to the Waxwork. We had a project that was a choose your own adventure kind of project on the, on the site for a while that was called Drip Your Own Wax. Um, Rhapsody and Wax, all sorts of, basically Wax became then the theme to Waxwork.com. And now we're here in Cast and Wax, uh, and Recast in Wax. I'm uh, happy that Wax has come so far. Anyway, uh, okay, we gotta go. Like like Patsy said, please send in your votes, castinwax at gmail.com. Do you want to hear more escape debate, more frank advice, more Rory stories? Let us know. Vote as many times as you want, send in as many votes as, as you want. They just actually have to be numbers, so... And you're not allowed to send in negative numbers for the votes for the things you don't want. Ooh, that's clever. Well, yeah, that's what and I right, and I thought of it. So you're not allowed to do that. You're only allowed to send in positive numbers. Infinity's not a number. And that many votes for your sh the show that you want to win. Okay, so please castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. Thank you very much, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. I will be seeing you.
Those were heading words Even in those old days Those were heady, heady words But Caesar always had a way with them Half the tears from our eyes Will drown the world the day he dies But now we will put away our hatred, away our hatred, yeah. And now we will put down our weapons, we pass through the night of the fires. And those who were our masters are now our servants, and we who are not human can afford to be humane.